Tuesday the 9th of October 2012, this is iDeveloper Live, episode number 68. Welcome, welcome, welcome. John, the world of tech seems to be just kicking me in the arse, as Jay Nozzy on the, the chat room would say. Do you know what, in the chat room, I am just guest 48010 in my own chat room today, because I can't seem to get it to take my name away and to put it in there. So that's my new name, guest 48010. Snappily, my mother should have thought of that one instead of um, my proper name, but there we are. <laughs> What can, well, what can one say? It, it, you have the National Health Service. When when a child is born in Britain, aren't they just assigned a random number anyway? Yes. Yeah. Of, of course. You know, we don't have visitors or, or customers anymore, do you? When you go, especially this is um yes. If you go to a theme park in America, isn't it, or any theme park, most of the world now, we're no longer customers; we're guests. So there mm-hmm. we are. Uh, and Jane Ozzy saying he's listener one. I'm afraid no, no. You have to be listener four eight two nine six three two four two five seven. We are not using a sequential system here, Joshua. You know, God, we're not that logical. Uh, John, how are you this week? I'm dandy this week. How are you? Today was a, there was a busy weekend in sunny, perfect San Francisco. We had all these things going on. What sort of things were going um, on in San Francisco then? Well, let's see. There was there was Fleet Week, so we had all these naval vessels there and the Blue Angels. So we got to see our tax dollars at work with fantastic acrobatics and shows of of, of naval prowess. They had this uh, music festival called Hardly Strictly Bluegrass, which is this fantastic free music festival on the western end of Golden Gate Park. There was a Giants game. There was a 49ers game. There was like a bunch of street festivals here, there, and everywhere. So the And it was perfect weather, so everybody was out and about enjoying sunny, perfect San Francisco. What was I doing? I was working. Ah, oh, what were you working? You, you were working. Is this deadline stuff, or you were just so, yes, so yeah, passionate? Yes, yeah, I was working on these, these, these deadline issues, so... Kind of fun stuff. This app that I'm working on now is is, is actually pretty fun. So I mean, okay, let, this is a good topic. Let's talk about this. By the way, folks, uh, no guest today. We had we had guest troubles, which is why yeah, well, I've been down demoted down to guest four eight zero. Simon, <coughs> Simon. <coughs> yeah, but there's um. Oh, there we go. Uh, he was supposed to be one of them. We have multiple guest problems. Yeah, it's the world is just going on. Um. So what was I going to say, John? Oh yeah, deadlines. Do you like working under that sort of pressure? Are you the sort of person that sort of loves sort of being there at three in the morning and pumping the code no. out and you no. know being no. being the coding god? Or you are? Oh, I could do without this. No, but you know, it, it's always very interesting to to have different perspectives and to to you know uh, do a project in somebody else's shoes because when you ship your own product. You can you can ultimately determine the schedule. I mean, you could you could of course never ship, but generally speaking, you know you you will polish and you will polish and you will polish, and every decision that you make is built around trying to get the best product out there. When you are doing things that have very strict deadlines related to, for instance, film release dates or or, or you know Blu-ray release dates, things of that nature, they are they are immovable. And when you work with people who I'm trying to put this very diplomatically. Don't understand how software development works as a process. Who will think nothing of at the last minute saying, "Oh, well, you should do this," and have a kind of attitude of, you know, "Hey, come on, code, you know, come on, code monkeys, you know, just get to work, no complaints." 
it, it makes for uh, an interesting development process, uh, which is rather diff different from one that you might might choose for your own. And uh, I don't like it. You know, I think that all software engineers want to want to craft things and, and do them well, and they would rather sacrifice a feature than than get one kind of half done. And I think most people who release software see it as something that you want to continually improve, and it's a very different situation from something where an app is seen as you know just another marketing activity and they wouldn't you know they don't think about saying well you know i'm going to update this 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 advertisement i took out in the wall street journal two years ago that that's their mindset it's like why would you know this thing already happened we're never going to touch it again that's a very different thing yeah this is where let's talk a little bit about methodologies now i don't know if you're the only developer on this project or whether there's multiple developers um but this is where I actually used to really enjoy working some aspects, not the entirety of the of the extreme programming methodology, where basically you, you know everybody in the project had to buy into this concept of capacity, um, and you would effectively create um, iterations or periods of time, and it could be whatever you chose them to be, um, and, and and you knew over history as time went on, you became more and more refined what your capacity is, and you could only fit in. What was the capacity for the period you had to do? Um, and everybody on the project understood that, and the customers had to choose. And from that side of it, I mean, I'm not a huge fan of sticking to methodologies. That just sort of made life a lot easier. But then, of course, you get to the something had to happen, and everybody would pretend that this methodology didn't exist anymore, um, and you've, you've just wasted your time. But this, you know, this view of we must have it by this date, but we're not going to give you anything till the night before or whatever else. Oh, doesn't that? That's just when you just go ah. Indeed, indeed, methodologies are are, are great, and 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 uh, I, I buy into some of that too. You know, I remember seeing you know people put up on a whiteboard, you know, talking about what their actual available number of hours that they could productively code. And in fact, I think it was, I think it was our own best friend forever, Justin Williams. Had, I think he had tweeted something saying that you know six hours a day, but before his brain goes to mush. And 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 on the surface of that, you think you know you're just not working hard. But you know the reality is is that when you when you get older and smarter, you realize that it, you, know, you can get better, more done in in a small number of hours. You know when you're really on on your game, than than you can kind of uh, going in and out of the project, being distracted. I mean, these are things that 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 Danny Gregg was talking about, so I'm not going to repeat them. But it, I was thinking about uh, what we were talking about with him in in recent weeks. You know, and. Uh, it is a tough game, especially when you do have multiple developers and, and they're not always in the same time zone and, and you have to time slice and you have to get your part of the project working and you wait for somebody's drop-in API and, and it's uh, it's not fun sometimes. John, we're, we're, we you keep dropping in and out, so why don't you drop the call and restart the call and while you're doing that, I will talk about our sponsor for this week's show. And I will try and notice that you're calling me back. So just see if we can get a better line here. Okay, our sponsor on this week's show, it's Invasive Code. Everybody loves Invasive Code. These guys have been with us since the uh, very early days. I say that every week, don't I? And um, you know, they run uh, iOS developer training um, out of Europe and out of the US. And um, they would like us to tell you about their iOS 6 training course, where you can go along and have five days of um, iOS training, all based around iOS 6. You get about seven hours a day in the... Um, 
Oh, there we are. An hour more than you can focus on, John. Um, about seven hours a day uh, in the in the um, classroom, uh, and then there's two uh, two hours or a couple of hours in the evening in the labs if you want to. Only ever up to ten people on a course, so you know everyone who's listened to this podcast for any amount of time knows that that's my favourite bit because um, that's uh, you know that's really important. If you're ever going to book a training course, whether it's with Invasive Code or anybody else, but of course you don't ever want to use Invasive Code, um, then you know the first question you need to ask is how many people will be on this course? Because you know you will be surprised. Sometimes there might be thirty, forty people. Anyway, these guys are running um, iOS development training in November, November the 5th in San Francisco. It's $2,800, but if when you sign up or you ask or you inquire, you put everybody who loves Invasive Code in the email, they'll knock 200 bucks off. So go check them out, training.invasivecode.com. They'll be in the show notes. Thanks, guys, for supporting the show again, again, again. Everybody keeps telling me that I'm cutting out. John's cutting out. Technology's going against us today. We're just going to keep going and do the best we can. Um, sorry about that if it's uh, if it's breaking up, guys. We uh, It just seems to be... We're still broadcasting um, from the mobile uh, 3G signal on my iPhone 5 because the UK's um, monopoly of... Uh, called British Telecom, who are the people who install the physical landline so that we can get proper broadband and everything in here, still haven't come in and installed our line yet. That's about six weeks we've been waiting now. That's what you call customer service. So they should have a new slogan, British Telecom, we're neither. Well, wait, before we, yeah, exactly. Before we moved into this office, we yeah, we hadn't quite moved in, but we knew they were going to come and put a phone line in. And so we got someone to come and sit down here. It was an empty office at the time. It was just a shell. There was no furniture. There wasn't even a carpet in the place. So uh, a friend of ours, a poor guy, had to sit here all day waiting for them to turn up in this cold, empty space. And um, they never turned up. So we rang them and said, oh, we couldn't find it. Um but they'd never rung to find out where it was, or to say, and they said, oh, and we'll be back in eight weeks. <laughs> Good. There we are. What can one say? What can one say? Right. John, you said you'd be fighting with auto layout this week. I, I was a little bit, and I, I, I wish that there was some resource that I could just basically get up to speed, because uh, it sure seems that, you know, obviously you can do everything uh, you could do with the old struts and, and, and springs methodology, but it, you know the the incantation, the right the right right mouse clicks and the right menu items and the right inspectors are are just different, and I just have to learn it. So I'm wondering how I could possibly. There we are. Isn't that a strange coincidence? Because we released our auto. <laughs> yeah, we released our Autolayer and iOS six course just this week, um, and you can go check it out on our website. The details will be in the show notes. I have to say that I, having looked at I am um, Autolayer. We had this discussion a little bit last week um, in order to, to sort of make this course, obviously. Yeah, I think it can be incredibly frustrating, but equally, once you get to grips with it, it's incredibly powerful. Um, and, and, and the interface builder um, is is the real problem, or the interface builder part of Xcode. Are we still supposed to call it interface builder while it's in Xcode, or are we just supposed to say Xcode? Yeah, that is that is an interesting uh, interesting question. I think you can you can date somebody by whether they refer to things as nib files and in IB, and then people look at you like, what on earth are you talking about? <laughs> oh, storyboards yes. in Xcode? No. <laughs> Yeah. So when you're in Code Warrior, I mean, um, <laughs> yeah. Well, that's. I, they should really just rename it to X Code Warrior. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. Um, 
the the thing the, the thing is uh, the in springs and struts you will only ever the system is only ever designed to position a view uh, in relation to whatever its container was. So um, wherever you put it, it would always be that distance. You know, if you, if you put a a fixed width to the right from its container, whereas you know the auto layout system is totally different to that. In fact, it's it's about relationships between views. Um, so it's not necessarily just about containers. It can be about things in containers, and in and it can be um, around lots of different things. Uh, so it's actually a far more complex system in the first place. But equally, it, within the interface builder part of Xcode. It will never allow you to have um, what's called an ambiguous layout, so a layout where it's never going to be 100% sure what to do with it, which means it's constantly throwing, you know, as soon as you add something and you put a constraint in, it's constantly throwing in other constraints to, to try and keep the whole layout valid. Um, uh, in there, and of course, you know, you, you may have only just dropped something in there and done something because you want to. Um, because you want to uh, start laying stuff out, and 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 Xcode's going to add seventeen new constraints to try and make something work for you that you didn't want there, and then you've got to go start deleting them in order to put other bits in again, and it all becomes a real problem uh, in there, um, and that's what, um, yeah, and I think that's where most people begin to struggle with with the auto layout, is is the fact of interface builder doing all this stuff around them. Um, and as you begin to learn to work with the system, what you begin to do is, is, is maybe we give an example of this in the course, is you, um, because some things have to be done different ways, is you just let Interface Builder do its stuff first, or you learn about what it's going to do, so you'll do things in a certain order to stop it. But that just comes with experience um, as you go through. So, um, uh, yeah, yeah, stick with it. it it's, it's, it's different. You have to remember it's not doing the same thing as springs and struts, so it's not going to work the same way as springs and struts. And if it did just work the same way as springs and struts, then why the heck would they bother replacing springs and struts? Indeed, indeed. Well, well I can say uh, in my defense is I'm, I'm not alone. That you know, None other than the likes of Matt Drance and, and, and was asking on, on Twitter saying, God, I know how to do this in, <laughs> in the old way. How do I do it now? And uh, so if he's having trouble, then 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 I can't be the stupidest person on the world. Well, I could be, I yeah. suppose. But, yeah. In fact, I love the, there's, it, it lets you do um, um, Joshua Nozzi in the, um, sorry, Nozai, isn't it? It's American. In the, in the chat room, it's pointing out, yeah, the, the whole ASCII art thing, um, setting up uh, your, your um, layout in code uh, is actually really easy with with visual layout. Obviously, you don't get to then see it the same way, but sometimes if you're just fighting interface builder, um, that can become a bit easy. Anyway, if you're interested in this stuff, you want to have a look. We've released an auto layout and iOS six course. It's nineteen bucks, I think, um, available on the iDeveloper TV website. So there you go. But don't you know? Don't shout at it. Don't shout at it. It's it's only trying to do its thing. Inter- interface builder is a bit flaky, I have to say. We have to say a couple of times in the course where well, you should do it this way because if you do it the way you think you should do it, then the whole thing will crash on you. Mm. But uh, but that is, that is that Josh's suggestion is a very fine one. So we should we should use our immense power and make it happen. So I will I will be contacting um, somebody at Apple and say we want this in two weeks. So <laughs> you need to, you need to say what Josh's suggestion was because um, I wasn't even watching. Ah, okay. So now, where were we? Oh, yes. You know, uh, 
this part and parcel of auto layout and, and, and following on to what we talked about last week with, with iOS 6 technologies, our, our, our reader mail section of our show, uh, our own friend Michael Curtis had asked, um, you know, what does he think that if, if you have a new app now, should it be iOS, iOS 6 only? Which we get this question and, and people ask this question all the time. And I would say if you're starting out an app, no, absolutely iOS 6 only. Do you have any reason to disagree with me? Nope. Nope. All right. So, Michael, <laughs> iOS 6 only. Okay. I, well, let, let, let's take a step back. Um, I think, uh, okay, here's my, here's my figures. Um, nobody will be able to, to buy a new device going forward from now that is anything less than iOS 6. So, over the next two years, you're going to find, we're going to find the majority, vast majority of the devices are iOS 6. I think, the only reason to not be on iOS 6 is for people trying to support people who've already bought their software on older devices. Um, I, th- I think people, you know, especially starting right now, even if it's a very short, you know, who was it saying? Um, who, who was following? Uh, I can't remember who it was. I was listening to a podcast where someone said within the first two days or something, 63% yeah. of their users had upgraded to iOS 6. It was something ridiculous. Yeah. Um, so, so, someone's pointed out in the chat room, Holland's pointed out in the chat room, some people are holding off updating to iOS 6 because of the perceived map issue. Um, do you know what? That's their problem. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's, it's, um, I think you should always develop, David Smith, thank you, on Developing Perspective podcast. Put a link in the show notes. Um, it's, uh, you should always develop using the, latest technology you possibly can because otherwise you'll do, yeah why put yourself a year out of date straight away darn tootin there we are do you agree with that now no I, I absolutely agree with it for the same reasons so, or no, just same because, reason i mean it, it always yeah. just keeps coming back to you know if, if for people who aren't going to keep updated you know you, you, they're also not the people that tend to buy software it's what will Shipley pounded out said a million times and it's totally true and you know, I, I just love getting rid of code. You know, <laughs> that, that, that is the that is the thing. They always used to say in the in you know in the, in the days of Next and Next Step, you know, the best easiest maintain main, easiest to maintain code is the code you don't write in the first place. So, yeah, I think maybe yeah, if you if you're a Microsoft or someone like that, and you're you're trying to keep every man and his dog happy, if you're a small independent developer. You know, unless you are writing for a very specific niche market or niche market, depending on how you want to pronounce that from where you come in the world, um, you know, a very specific niche market where you know everybody uses 27-year-old devices or something, you know, you have enough problems on your hand as a small developer trying to be a businessman, a marketer, um, you know, a, a, a support person and everything else that you need to make your development experience the best you can. Uh, and equally, at the same time, as a as a small company that way, just one of you or maybe two of you, there's enough people out there who will upgrade to bother selling your app to that you don't have to worry about the ones who won't. Precisely. I mean, if you're worried, if you are genuinely worried that, you know, if 43% or 23% of all devices have gone to iOS 6, plus they're selling however many million a year and you can't sell a, 
uh, enough apps into that market, then you're not going to sell enough apps into the market just because you've gone down to iOS 5. And the reason why you won't be selling enough apps is because you were wasting your time trying to, to make things backwards compatible instead of making your app good. There you You were spending days and days and days trying to get something to lay out probably instead of using UI collection view or something. Yeah, it's, it's the whole point. Or, yeah, or, or people who had to support 3 and they couldn't use blocks and stuff in it from iOS 4, which, you know, totally slim line, you know, uh, streamlines your code. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, yeah, always go for the best you can possibly go for unless you have a very, very specific reason to, um, to not do it. Now, can I can I get to our, our our I hate Xcode rant section of the podcast? You can let me let me play the theme tune. <laughs> you, know, you know, really, the theme tune for for I hate Xcode would just be the yep. sound of cars yep. crashing. <laughs> you basically, you know, get some 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 audio off of the Blues Brothers movie. <laughs> I think that would that would do yep. it. <laughs> I'm gonna press the button now. <laughs> I hate Xcode rant. <laughs> <laughs> So I was running into this problem where uh, I was trying to build my app onto a device that says can't find can't find the executable at the path, and so you copy and paste the path, and you go into the shell, and you say, you know, it, does this path exist? And indeed it does. And you're like, why is it not there? Why is it not there? Why is it not there? And then you know, God bless Stack Overflow and 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 the Google in general, because you if if you're careful about copying pasting your error messages and 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 do the obvious thing of leaving out your app name that exact phrase will will, will get you a hit and uh this thing was related to um device requirements because i'm working on an app that doesn't run unless you have uh, it, it can't run it can't do what it needs to unless it has a camera so they put in a device constraint saying must have a camera and uh then it, it all of a sudden it doesn't work on your device when you build it to your device if you built the app and then try to install it with test flight you're fine but if you actually want to build it and debug it you know uh it didn't work and it didn't work and you know this is like one of those cases where you run into a problem and you can certainly find the discussion somewhere, and there's always like three or four different suggestions, and you know no one can decide on on what the actual problem and what the actual you know solution is, but you have to kind of dutifully try three or four of them, you know which always involve reboot your machine, quit Xcode, remove all the intermediate build products, sacrifice a chicken, you know do all these different things, and then it will work. And it, it, it had to I had to go through all these different things. In the end, it seems like the solution was that if you were to use a device constraint, you can't put it as a dictionary in the plist. It has to be an array, and then if you do that, all of a sudden it magically works again. I love being an Xcode warrior. And I'll shut up now. You see, this is... If we just stop and think for a minute, how complex a set of problems is Xcode trying to solve? I mean, you know, the different combinations of things and getting stuff to do. The... Yeah... Yes, it's crap at times, but equally, it's trying to solve a very hard problem, isn't it? It is, but you... I mean, I know we say that should be easy, but actually, you know, this stuff is difficult, and yet, you know, it's a lot easier than we have any right for it to be, really, when we have tools like Xcode. I, I will definitely give you that. I will also say, though, is I think that... I think it's a pretty safe thing to say that even Apple themselves are... Uh, running into the the constraints of, of of sandboxing and and I think that some of the complexity that's been added recently is due to that. 
I may be totally wrong. But, let, my gut but, but just go back to when the SDK, the iOS SDK, or wasn't even that, it was called the iPhone right. SDK, wasn't it, when it first came out. You know, just you know, just think of the experience it was in trying to get something you know, onto the store or into the device and set stuff up and get your provisioning profiles, get your certificates. And just over time, yeah, it's still not perfect, it's still not brilliant, but, you know, it's a lot better. And every time there's an iteration, it gets a little bit better and a little bit better and a little bit better. And, you know, um, it's just, I, I guess we just have to be patient with this stuff. I think there's a song, wasn't there? Like, I think things are getting better, blah, 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 blah. Oh, well, maybe not. How many times can we sing in one podcast? John? I don't know. That's the uh, yeah. that's the question. Ah, uh, there. It's a, I've had a listener question as well. It's not really a um um uh, a developer question, but it's a sort of a developer business question. I'm not going to say who it's from, just because basically um, I don't want the U.S. immigration office to track him down. Um, is in there? But I had a question uh, over email this week about um, you know working in the U.S. as a European. Um, and it wasn't about you know going there and getting a job for someone like you know GitHub or, or, or Twitter or one you know Apple or whatever because that all involves the employer sorting your visa out and everything and that's you know that's their problem and they do all that for you and and you know you see so you don't care really you know they sort that out. It's more to the point you know someone's asked them to come and you know do something for a week or present something for you know run a course for a week or this sort of stuff and you're a European and you're trying to get through um US immigration you know do you say they're on business do you just lie and risk your visa being uh, you know risk you know them sort of catching up with you um and I just wanted to I said I'd sort of answer on the show because I've had this question a couple of times um but yeah I just want to give you what my understanding is and has been and I've been coming to the US and doing work for about 20 years now and this is my understanding. Now, I could be totally wrong. And next time I come to the US, I could be shot for being this wrong for 20 years. Okay. Um, my um, my understanding is you can work in the US for somebody as long as you are not paid as an individual. This is just for a few weeks or so, if you're not going for months, it's different. Yeah, if you're going to present a training course for somebody or you're going to go just do a bit of consultancy, um, you you can go and you can work there as long as you do not personally receive any payment from a US company or a US person. So this is where, you know, for someone like me who runs a limited company, what's a limit called a limited company in the UK? What's the equivalent in the US? Is it an LLC? LLC? An LLC. Okay, so as long as the US company are paying my UK company to work for me to work, and my UK company are paying me, I am personally never receiving payment from a US company, and I'm okay to do what I just did. If you're being personally paid, then you're not. You're breaking the law, and that's the difference. So if you operate, if you operate as uh, what's called a sole trader in the UK, where you there is no legal company around you, it's just you and the tax man together. Um, you can't go and do it because you you will be breaking foul of the law. If your operator is an employee of a, a limited company, an LLC, whatever your country's equivalent is, then as long as the payment is coming out of the US to that company and you are being paid from your home country, then everything's fine. Um, obviously, if, you know you've got to restrict you know your normal visa lengths and all that sort of stuff. Um, but, uh, you know, I've been entering the U.S. for 20 years that way. I'm always up front. I say, I'm going to speak at a conference. I'm going to run a training course. Um, they say you're being paid. And I just say, yeah, just my normal salary for my company um, in the U.K. 
yeah, they've sent me, they've sent me here, which is true because I own my company and I sent myself there, and it's never been a problem. That's, so I think are. that's a good thing, and 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 I'd mentioned this before, but you know, uh, I sure hope that it becomes more and more and more uh, easier, because it's certainly going to become more and more normal that everybody is their own LLC or their, you know, their equivalent, and that people are just going to you know work on these little projects here and there and have to travel through. Um, and uh, be able to be physically someplace for some portion of time, but not have to deal with all these these things. Um, because it would suck if the best and brightest uh, among us ended up wearing orange jumpsuits and being in Guantanamo. Because I don't think you look very good in orange, except maybe in, in an orange, you know, Buddhist robe or something. Yeah, I don't look very good in orange because I'm too orange myself. Yeah. Um, uh, okay, someone is saying um, in the chat room that you can get a B1 visa. Um, I will put a link to a load of stuff on B1 visas because I can't be asked to read that right now. <laughs> <laughs> you've, always, you've always got to be honest, John. That's true. Oh, dear. There we are. Right. Well, I am coming to your side of the pond this weekend. You are. You are. I am, but I'm not coming. Well, to, I'm not coming to see you because I'm not. I'm not on your side of the continent. I'm. But I am coming to your side of the pond. Oh, that's right. You're going. Are you going to sunny Montreal or somewhere? I am going to sunny Montreal to the Singleton Symposium. And you are speaking at the Singleton Symposium, are you not? Uh, no, I'm. I am not. Oh. No, I am. I am attending purely as a visitor. I am going to go to a conference without a single responsibility in the world, and I am going to sit back, and I am going to enjoy it. Are you just going to put your feet up and, 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 and carp? Are you going to say, yeah, yeah, you, going to say but, but, you freaking amateurs? <laughs> that's that's not John. how you do a, 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 a Lee versus Lee. <laughs> this is far too upmarket for a Lee versus Lee. <laughs> Yeah, these these guys are professionals. These guys are sorting out properly. They don't run some back of a fag packet sort of sort of timp operation. Like <laughs> Did I you do. say back of a fag pack? Oh yeah, of course that doesn't translate very well. Your your side of the Atlantic, <laughs> no, does it? it doesn't. <laughs> just in case you are wondering what I just said, uh, a fag is slang for a cigarette in the UK. Ah, I thought it was a pile of, of sticks. Oh well, all these years. <laughs> <laughs> there we are. Oh dear. So I'm really looking forward to it. I've never been to Canada before. Um, so uh, first time. I'm I'm literally flying in for the weekend. I'm flying in Thursday night and flying out Sunday night. Um, so it's going to be. Uh, so I'm not really going to see Canada at all. <laughs> I'm just just a hotel in Montreal. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it and to, to go. As um, I'm, it's uh, quite a small conference. I think. Um, uh, I think it's a little bit bigger than it was last year. Um, Good lineup of speakers, by the looks of it. Um, have no idea what they're talking about because they've gone for the approach that we did for NS Conference last year of just putting speaker names up, um, which is sort of good. Yeah, I, I sort of it doesn't worry me. I was wondering. It's always good because now I'm going as an attendee. Does it worry me that I don't actually know? Because I'm just going because it's. It, I thought it you know, it's fun and be great to go. Um, so I didn't need to go if I based on on the talk so I went just based on it was a great thing to do so I might stick with that for NS conference myself actually because uh, it just uh, I want people to be there because they want to be there not because there's a particular topic because if you go to a conference for a particular topic a particular talk that someone's advertised and then that talk is disappointing you're going to be disappointed in the whole conference are you so if you just go because actually that looks like a good bunch of people they're part of my profession 
I'll probably learn quite a lot while I'm there, but I'll also meet a lot of people. That's a far more positive way to go to a conference. But with one important exception, if you're desperate to learn about scripting Xcode 4, you have nowhere to go other than Cocoa Conference in Raleigh. That's true. Shall I send them a sponsorship for you? <laughs> Absolutely. There <laughs> <laughs> we yeah, I think it's um it's David, isn't it, who runs the Coca Conf uh, uh, conferences. <laughs> I'll send him a bill and say John said it was okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> there we are, and we'll and we'll and we'll see what he says. I'm sure he'll send you the oh, back you don't of the bag g- back. <laughs> yeah. <That's it. laughs> yeah. Maybe you don't want to go because Joshua has just said in the um. In the chat room, his talks are always disappointing. <laughs> so there we are. That means, thanks, Joshua. Now I've got a half the Coco Conf sponsorship fee. Uh, <laughs> here we go. Uh, so, yeah. But um, we're uh, I'm sort of sorting out a conference here as well at the moment. NS Conference Mini on the 12th of November. We're doing a business uh, conference on business. Job. I know that. I, you know, I, I, I'm really disappointed that I didn't get a chance to go to this one and the design ones. These little micro conferences, these one day. Uh, things that look really cool, and, and as do the, the, I think they're the nice counterpart to the the, the short, uh, inexpensive, very tight focused courses that you've been doing. I think it's actually really cool. Yeah, I think I, we we sort of like the idea. I think there's a little bit, to be honest, there's a little bit of apathy over here. I'm not sure if it's because people are conferenced out or really, yeah, we are in the middle of a recession. Yeah, the IMF have just told us we're all screwed for the next <laughs> you know, 12, 12 months because you know, our economy is going to shrink again. And if it shrinks anymore, there's nothing left of it. Um, uh, so we're not sure if it's the economy, but you know, I'm not sure if people just don't like traveling just for one day. But they're just, you know, we're sort of um, having to gently convince people on this, mm. um, which we didn't, you know, didn't know if we would or we wouldn't. We've put these one-day conferences together um, as an experiment. We've... Um, uh, uh, we did. We said we'd do two, and that's what we, you know, we've been looking at doing. This is the second one we're doing now. Um, but yeah, no, there's the people who've come seem to really enjoy it, and said it was really good. And you know what we're like, John? We always try put on a reasonably social experience as well. Um, but uh, I, I don't know. I mean, it's, the UK is not exactly a huge place. We're not expecting people to come from the states or anything, or even Europe, such as a big enough UK community, uh, and they're welcome to if they want to. Um, but yeah, there's um, there's there's not really you know sometimes there's a little bit maybe it's because yeah because they think oh video is going to be available it's going to take a whole day and it'll make me out or if I really want to enjoy it, I'll have to get a hotel um, I don't know so if you have opinions on one day conferences out there um, you know it doesn't matter you don't have to be from the UK one day conference within a few hundred miles of where you live you know what what's good about that what's poor about that um, just just send me some. Um, uh, some, uh, you know, your, your thoughts. Uh, support it, iDeveloper.tv, and it will just end up on our ticket system, and we'll read them all. Thank you, thank you. There we are, John. What else do we need to talk about today, or are we done? We've been waffling on for about half an hour. We don't want to just. Bore I, I people. think. I think. Uh, we, I have we, enjoyed. I have just enjoyed being able to talk to you. Let's bring this boat boat home um, earlier. Yeah, I mean, I've really enjoyed this last couple of weeks just getting a chance to chat with you. It's, uh, you know, the guests are great. We've got some more guests lined up for the coming weeks, um, some really good ones. And um, uh, when I'm over in Singleton, I'm going to get some dates in the diary for a few more guests as well. And I was chatting on um, uh, app.net a little while ago with a couple of people. Ah, and, um, that, that, sorry, that, that's the news, the turning point. So I've noticed that app. AppNet has just like exploded th- thanks to to I guess what's it called AppBot, 
Netbot, sorry, Netbot. which of course makes all the difference in the world. Now I see, you know, every, every day, multiple times a day, you have X number of new followers. I mean, they're all basically people that that follow me on Twitter and, and are, are making the leap. So I think that's really great. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 interesting. This, I mean, uh, um, I use Tweetbot on Twitter, and so when Netbot came out it made sense to have a look at it. And having that common experience is brilliant, apart from I have to remember which one I'm in, but the colour scheme helps with that, so that's that was just a very subtle little thing. But equally, I know there's been a whole bunch of you know guys out there just coming in new and developing a whole bunch of new clients for iOS, for App.net, um, and I'm just wondering what it's done to their sales, if anything. Um, I'm not saying, you know, they should be protected. They shouldn't be. They have no right to be protected like anybody else. And, you know, um, um, Tapbots, is it Tapbots? Yeah. Do it, yeah. Tapbots, you know, they they have a right to sell their stuff and you know and, and do it, and that's fine. All good luck to them. But I, I'm just wondering how many of these um, uh, other clients that were, yeah, you know, they were definitely sort of you know 1.0s, maybe not even quite 1.0s, but someone had rushed them out um, in there. You know, are they going to sort of die now? Are they going to get to the maturity that's there? Because is it really big enough? You know, is someone like Netbots coming in, uh, and something like Netbot coming along now when it's um, uh, this this early in the day for App.net going to sort of stifle that? Because if you remember with Twitter, you know, there were no Twitter clients, and everybody started from scratch. And, and you know, and in the early days of Twitter clients, Twitterific and all the rest of it, you know, they weren't that good, but they were a lot better than anything else. It was like the App.net apps have been, because you know, let's be honest, none of the iOS ones or the Mac ones you know, have been that good compared to a really refined Twitter client yet. But they've only been developed in development for a few weeks or months, yep. so that's not surprising. So has is this, you know, obviously the the uh Tapbot guys have you know, have taken the core of their obviously what must have been a well designed app, um, got it in there onto the new service by plugging it in the way it needs to be done and done it and brought a really mature client along straight away. You know, that's different to whatever happened on Twitter and I'm I'm gonna be it's going to be interesting to see if that does anything. Yeah, I think it would be a tough road to hoe for other people. But I would also say that the only chance for there being, uh, you know, an opportunity for for more specialized clients is if 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 AppNet itself gets to a critical mass. And I honestly believe that, uh, you know, Netbot arriving on the scene makes that much more possible, much more likely. Yeah, it's. Um yeah, but anyway, yeah, it's uh, yeah, but it's it's picking up. There's been several people announced. I think Matt yeah, and Reese yeah. announced a couple of weeks ago that he was giving up on Twitter, didn't he? I, um, I have to say, I haven't seen him on Twitter since then, so I think he's stuck to it. But I could be wrong. Do you? I, I find it difficult. I find it it's so hard to change mindsets, isn't it? Because I just, I just automatically go to Twitter and then think, oh no, I could have gone to App.net. It, it's I'm not not quite in the mindset yet. I don't know why. Yeah, well, see, that's that. There's the opportunity, I think, because if there are people who can build an app that just says, you know, you're not gonna. There's no opportunity cost in using our app for to not go through through, you know, to to, to be able to straddle the world until you decide, you know, I, I want to stick on 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 AppNet. Yeah. Should you even decide <sighs> to make that? I mean, then there's the what is it, what that other thing, Tentio or something, or Tentio. Yeah, you know, I think that what's what's happening is that there's going to be it's going to be less about who builds the best single purpose app for a particular service, who builds who solves the problem of I want to be able to post socially and and read a social stream and and there are apps that that, that try to do it, but I don't think any of them really do it well. So 
Yeah. I have to say, with App.net now, I mean, I've, I've got it up on my screen here. I've got Twitter and App.net open. I mean, for the first time, you know, now the timeline moves. Yeah. It's regularly moving, whereas it could have been, yeah, I could have gone in after three hours and not seen a post not that long ago, three, four weeks ago. Um, but the quality of the posts on app.net is so much higher because it's so much more filtered. Right. Um, you know, it, it's, it, it, which is good and bad, but it means I read almost everything that's on there. I, I don't know about you. I don't know how you use Twitter. I sort of sit there in the morning and I go through the four hours, five, six hours I've been asleep. And I, and, and I, and, and I think I'm going through them, but actually they're just scrolling yeah, past I, my I, eyes. I, I, I'm getting to the point where I have to regularly <laughs> declare Twitter bankruptcy. Yeah. Um, whereas I am reading app.net, which obviously will eventually stop as it gets more and more popular. Anyway, I want to do one more thing, John. Okay. Uh, and then we will stop because, yeah, we, we, we'll keep this show nice and short. Um, is other podcasts out there. Okay. They seem to be, it seems to be quite popular for them now to have a glass board. Mm. Uh, so that, so that the listeners can, can chat. Oh, it's two things, John. <laughs> this is the first one. Um, so they could chat. Now, yeah, we've done forums before, we've done other things before, and they end up being sort of, you know, basically areas of tumbleweedness. Is that, a, is that an accurate description of something, tumbleweedness? Uh, if um, not, we'll make it so. We'll make it, you know, so. No. Um, <laughs> I have no idea what we're doing. Um, so I am more than happy to set up a glass board for iDeveloper TV. In fact, I already have. Um, but uh, uh, for iDeveloper Live, but I'm not going to start putting an invitation code out there and making it public unless I get at least a little bit of feedback from people saying that they would like one. Uh, in there, it's just so people can sh- post show ideas, maybe carry on chatting about something that went on, on on the show, or we'll say, well, we'll find something later on and it's somewhere to post. Because IRC is great during the show, but it's absolutely rubbish to have anything that anyone can ever go back to. Um, and we can't put everything in the show notes that everyone wants to say. So it's about that. So if you think a glass board for the show would be a good idea, Drop me a line, support at iDeveloperTV.tv. And, um, you know, if I don't need that many. If a dozen, two dozen, um, we'll carry on. Okay, Josh, Josh, we will carry on using IRC during the show because Glassboard isn't necessarily instant in, in the same way. I mean, it can be. So the IRC chat room will stay during the show. This is for picking up subjects, picking up topics after the show, suggesting topics before the show, that sort of thing, which is, you know, I'm perfectly happy with IRC during the show chat room. I'm not gonna not gonna let you all go now you've all got used to IRC again. So please send me support at iDeveloper.tv. John, I started another show. You did? I Are did. Are you cheating on me? I am. I'm a complete whore. Scotty, I'm, no, I'm gonna have to hang up while I go cry. Tell us about your new show. Okay, this is it's a video show. It's a short format video show. It's called iDeveloper TV. Really? That's original, <laughs> isn't it? It is, yes. Um, and basically, I travel to conferences here and there, run my own conferences. Um, sometimes there's snippets of things I'd just like to share that you could never make a course on, like an Xcode feature that you think is really cool. Um, I'm never going to write a blog post on it because I hate writing. Um, so, um, yeah, I thought, right, okay, well, um, I- I'll just uh, start making short videos um so the uh, uh it's on itunes okay it's, it's in itunes and it's uh called iDeveloperTV. tv 
So uh, you can uh, just do a search on that and, and find it. And uh, I'm just trying to... Someone's just saying in the chat room that the um, the file size is too big because it's an HD video. Well, it's 720p. Um, see, that's a, that's an interesting point. Sorry, I'm going to do again here now. Sorry, John, I'm, I'm going all over the place. And I know you really want to go, but I'm just stopping you. Um, that, you know, what is a reasonable file size these days? But I thought we all have broadband and devices were... Bear, uh, what is the file size of this one? Uh, da, 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 da. The file size is 182 megabytes. That's not that big, is it? I don't know. Okay, if someone wants an SD version. I will consider that. If people would like an SD version, I need to get at least a dozen emails asking for an SD version, and then I will think about it. No, then I'll do it. Um, anyway, the first episode is uh, Evan Dole. Interview Evan Dole, um, who was an iOS engineer. Um, and now was co-founder of Flipboard. So we'll just talk about some of his design philosophies. Um, so go check it out. Uh, okay, uh, 186 meg is too big for a seven minute. Oh, it's HD. HD's got to be big. We could press the hell out of it, I assure How you. So you're going to see the pores on, on Scotty's nose unless it's HD. Yeah. Maybe we'll do an SD version as well. I'll have to get Dave to, to work out, you know, to add, add another file to the compression. Okay, ah, uh, Dora sixty nine is gonna. Okay, a dozen emails from a dozen different people would be good. <laughs> I'll talk. I'll think about an SD version. Honestly, folks, John, you, uh, we're going to wrap this up now. Thank you very much, John, for joining us. Tell people where they can get hold of you. I lost you again. No, but you can find out all about me at memoryminer.com. There are a number of interesting blog posts up there at memoryminer.com slash blog. And you can follow me on Twitter or on AppNet as Jembe, D-J-E-M-B-E, like the West African drum. And I am Steve Scott, better known as Scotty. I run iDeveloper TV, which you can check out all our offerings at iDeveloper.tv. Please check out NS Conference at iDeveloper.tv slash NS Conference. I am on... Twitter as MacDevNet. That's me personally. I develop a TV as for the company. I am on app.net as Scotty. This goes on far too long, doesn't it? One of those places you'll be able to find me. All the links of everything we've spoken about today will be in the show notes. Chat room, you are awesome. You is awesome, as they say. John, it's been lovely to speak to you and everyone out there. Until next time, you take care. Thank you.